Hi, everyone, and welcome to another podcast with myself, Rupert, and Shredder. Hi, Shredder, how are you doing? Everybody. Very well, Rupert. Thank you. Unpacking Organizations, the Practitioner's Podcast. Sponsored by OrgView. See tomorrow's business today. Today, in Unpacking Organizations, we're going to talk about people wanting to achieve stuff. People set lots and lots of goals and objectives and wish lists. Mm -hmm. Some wish lists, uh, I want to have a span of control of eight on average and no more than six layers. Um, I want to have single points of accountability. I want to increase customer intimacy and innovation. I want to become more efficient. I want to become more harmonized. I want to become more localized. So there is just lots and lots of things that people wish for. Wish lists. Every 1st of January, we do it as well. We come up with wish lists. New Year's resolutions. Um, so we have all of these things. But as we know, org design is very much related to the topic of strategy. And strategy, they say, is all about choices. You can't have it all, and you need to have a coherent set of activities that you need to do and a coherent strategy that's differentiated versus your competition. So strategy implies, like life, it implies choice. You can't be all things, but we have these wish lists. Um, so Shredder, how do you how do you think about screwing the circle on this and how can we give some vocabulary, some some words to help people? Right. Um, it's very, very, um, I would say, muddled space of org design because when, as you rightly said, whenever we start, we start with sometimes design principles, sometimes people call it design criteria, but basically these are wish lists. And some of the wish lists, uh, bullet points, are something that are always true. Like we always want to create speed to the market. There's no organization which would say that we can go slow. We always would want to um, have single point of accountability to make decision making faster and have more role clarity within organizations. So there are some, um, let's let's put the uh, vocabulary later, but there are some wish list points that are always true. But then as we start increasing those wish lists, there are points that start to get contradictory to your point, Rupert. One is that, you know, I want global scale, but I want to be very localized. Or classic one I always see is that I really want to cut my costs and be very cost effective, but we want to just continue to innovate and put more money behind technology and get better at it. And, and customer intimacy and be exactly the customer. Cut the exactly. Right. We want to be cheapest, but we really don't want to spend money on it. Um, so there are so many things as the wish list starts to get longer, a lot of contradictions start to appear on it. And that's where I think the challenge is because we just then overwhelm ourselves, right? Like we want to enjoy life, but we also want to be lean and we want to save money for retirement, but we also want to 
like you know go on exotic vacations while we can so i mean you get the gist and so i think that's where and we've spoken about this in our previous podcast episode as well that we just have so much on our list that we don't achieve even a single one so i think there is a um there is a beauty in delineating that what is always true and what is something that might be or something that we work towards but may or may not be true so how do you think about it rupert that's how i think about it it's yeah no totally aligned so there are things that are always true uh and but aspirationally and mm-hmm. um, as we always want to have a single point of accountability um right. we always want to have a number of layers to be no more than six or whatever that number is right right so that's always true. Six is aspect. not the magic number, just to put it out no, there. <laughs> your organization might be of a scale where it's four yes. and it might be of a scale yes. where it's seven. So yeah, please yes. do not quote us in saying it's six. <laughs> uh, so although if you listen to stratified systems of Elliot Jack, there is actually a maximum number that it can be, but I digress. So <laughs> the, the, um, the, the, the thing is, when you're designing your organization and really the macro design, you have options and you need to decide between options. And, and how do you decide? Um, well, you, you decide by which one is going to optimize the thing that's most important to you. And that really comes from strategy, right? It really comes from what, what is the case for change and what is the thing that above everything else that we have to achieve? And some of the options are like, we want to be a product-based organization or a customer segment-based organization. We have to organize this geography, like very, very high level macro. And those are the options and choices. And then it continues to cascade down. But I'm just saying that, you know, those are the choices that you're talking about. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so when we have our choices, then how do we decide? Well, we need some criteria to decide. Because, and those criteria are things that are mutually exclusive to each other and contradiction to each other, or at least they're not as consistent. Because if it's totally consistent, then it's the same thing. It's not a choice. It's just a benign statement. So if, if you're saying it's all about the customer and customer intimacy, and it's all about efficiency and, 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 and cost efficiency and operational effectiveness, you are in contradiction. You, those two things are in, in conflict. Which one wins? And it's about winning and it's about s- selecting and choosing. And so the terminology is the criteria are the things that are mutually exclusive, that aren't always true, the things that are particularly true for you. Those are your design criteria. And those are used to help you decide between your options and they're really the case for change. They're really, this is why we're doing this thing, because we want to achieve this strategic goal. And this is why that goal is important. Right. So criteria help us decide the options. Yeah. And, and, and it's a higher order objective. You know, right. if you're suffering because of product development and you're being outcompeted because of you're not bringing product to market fast enough and new product to market and what have you, and that is your case for change and that is your big burning platform then that becomes say your criteria number one 
you were going to create an organizational structure around that, maybe with agile teams, integrating, um, you know, engineering with branding and everything else. So you can get product to market faster and that will drive that. Whereas if it's, if it's all about efficiency, then it's all going to be, you know, what's the streamline you consolidate, you globalize, you have big cent, you know, and it's about that efficiency and, and, and what's your, and you're really tracking what's your margin, you know, between your revenue and your price. And then how do you make things more efficient and your SGNA cost relative to, so you're just optimizing different things. So the, the, and then, so if you've got criteria, the ones that are always true that are aspirational, they're principles, they're principles you're trying to adhere to. Now, unfortunately, we don't always adhere to everything because there are exceptions and there are sometimes exceptions are there, you know, you have rules and you have exceptions. So think of the principles like a rule. And then what's important is to say, we are breaking this rule. Are we comfortable? Are we comfortable? You know, and we need a span breaker here, da 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 We're not at six, we're at seven. This is why. Um, you know, are we comfortable with that, right? And, and it might be some very good practical reasons why you have to break that principle. So it's a conscious choice that you're making rather than just saying that, you know, we are creating the rules that apply for everything because that will never happen, right? And, and, and a single point of accountability might be another right. great example. Exactly. Where I've got, you know, the salesperson and the supply chain, you know, head of manufacturing, they are both accountable for managing costs and inventory and price and you know the the long you know the longer the run lengths the more efficient your um manufacturing is and you want to be responsive and you want slow run lengths so you can be more responsive to your customer so and then inventory is impacted by this so who's responsible both impact it so do you make it the ceo or do you give joint responsibility that that's it's a practical thing where there's just inbuilt tensions and, and that happens so you so you, the principles are great now if you have a principle it helps to quantify it and turn that into a into an organizational metric um so when you're doing the org design then those principles become metrics so you can measure it then you can see the exceptions and that's what nice and then you can bring those exceptions to the surface and say are we comfortable that we're breaking this rule here because it's a really important rule because how is it really going to work if this dual accountability? Is this going to be a fight? Actually, the accountability has to go up one. I'm sorry. Or not. Well, but at least you're having that conversation, you know. And then you are able to quantify it and take it forward, right? Like, are we having more and more such exceptions over time? Or are we adhering to more and more rules over time? And that also tells the health of the organization. So I think sometimes we just go to these metrics to look at the organizational health without looking at that what was our design principle because of which we created this org and what was our criteria? Are those still true? And that's why these metrics really make sense because otherwise we just track metric without having a story behind it. So I think that is a great, uh, in my mind, it makes a lot of connection that way. Yeah. And then at the end of the day, if you want to judge the success of your organization, say, did we design the right organization and was it effective? Well, then you can go back to your criteria. Did we achieve those things? 
If we did, congratulations. Now, if the strategy's modified and changed, then your design's going to probably have to modify and change. Doesn't mean you got the, you might have got the org design right, you've got the strategy wrong. Well, that's, you know, that's not the org design um, person's fault. Um, not that there's a blame game here. But, um, you know, it's just a way of, 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 of thinking about that. And uh, so there we go. And it was, it was actually in my first edition of DDOD, um, I had the two terms, but I didn't explain them very well. And then I had, I had colleagues as we were training clients and doing work, they really nailed me. They really hammered me to get this right. So in the second edition, I, that's why I spent so much time on it because it was, it, it was, I was a little bit confused as well between these two things. So um, thanks for picking this one up, Shadow. Well, thank you for explaining it. I'm pretty sure that a lot of our readers will have a lot of takeaway from it. So what's your one takeaway, Rupert? that we you language want matters org hmm. in org design we have very very clear terms for very specific things hmm. uh, and a lot of what we're trying to do here is get terminology clear so the thinking's clear so you know these terms are used for a reason criteria versus a principle you're designing for right. both they're quite different um and I think it's important that we, you know, that's, that's part of the strength of the finance function right. is they have very, very strong language and, and terms that everyone agrees right. on. And I, I think part of the weakness in, in org design uh, is it doesn't have that. So that I think that's part of what we're trying, trying to do here, Shredder, is very cool. Yes. The language clear. Mm -hmm. And you? So my one takeaway would be that create that common red thread between these, right? Strategy then um, gives some kind of insights into your design criteria, that gives some insights into your design principles, that gives uh, insight into your, what metrics you should be tracking on. And if you think that there is a red thread uh, going across, then I think we are doing a good job of it. So I think that continuity and connectivity is important as you go through this cycle. So that's my takeaway for our readers. Amazing. So I feel that if you if if you are listening to this and uh, if you like it, please let us know through LinkedIn. We really would hear your stories and how you are implementing it into your day to day, and um, like it and subscribe it in wherever you receive your podcast. Good. Yep, please subscribe, everybody. That's the name of the game with these podcasts. And share. <laughs> yes, yes. We're metrics-driven people, so we track the metrics. So, uh, <laughs> yes, but The biggest absolutely. thing is, is I'd love subscribers to go up. The thing that I would love to go up the most, Shredder, is uh, stories that we hear mm. of actually people finding it useful and applying. Exactly. I, I, we would love to you, hear If you the find stories. it intellectually interesting and you haven't applied it, then that, we've kind of failed, I think. I agree. I agree. Our takeaways are for you to apply it. And so let us know how do you do it. Thank you all. Take care. Thanks, Shredder. Take care. Until Bye. next time. Bye, Rupert.